friends, welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. Uh, I am your host, Steve. With me, as always, is our co-host, Jen. Jen, you want to say hi? Hello, everyone. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about... Uh, it's a subject that Jen and I have been talking about for a while. I'm pretty stoked for... Not that I'm not stoked for like all our episodes, but Super this one... Super exciting. But this one, I've been thinking about for, for a long time. We're going to be talking about new classics, um, specifically in uh, the cinema genre. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, Jen, how are you doing today? I'm good, Steve. Thanks for asking. No problem. Um, uh, nothing really exciting has happened, I guess, but uh, I'm a year older. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Well, no, 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 that was like two weeks ago. But yeah, like it's just, I'm a year older now and I don't feel any wiser, but I do feel older, if that makes sense. Like what do you mean? I don't know. I just feel like my body's breaking down and like I feel my age. And, um, you know, like I don't necessarily think that I look the way I, the like numerically my age. Oh, definitely not. But like the other day I um, was walking down the street and like some woman was like handing out like you know, like cream samples like by, by the when store. When you say cream, you mean like ice cream? Or? No, 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 like a face cream. Oh, <laughs> like moisture. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like super fancy like skin store, and like she was like, "Oh, do you want a sample of this?" I was like, "Okay." And then she was like, "Oh, it's really good for anti aging because you know like we need to take care of our and like." I don't think she meant, like, no, I don't think so, but then I was just, like, hold up, like, do I now look my age? And I, I mean, theoretically, I should look my age, like, it's fine, it's how old I am, but, like, I was just a little bit traumatized by the fact that, like, someone, like, pushed an anti-aging product on me. Yeah, no, I hear you. You know what's what's funny is, is that, like, I make it sound like I had no idea it was your birthday, even though I was at your birthday party. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, So, yes, I... take offense to that. (laughs) I don't know why I I sounded so... I wasn't as surprised as I said. I just... It's like I forgot because it had passed. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I would like to live in this birthday month forever, Steve. (laughs) So, next podcast, I will also mention. But I will say... I was, I don't know how I stumbled on it, like, uh, there was some, oh, you know, we're having, like, some photos of you came up on, like, you know, on the, what do you call it, the the Apple TV? Oh, was it at? And it was on, so for whatever reason, there are, there were photos on you in Apple TV that I was using, and yo, you look, the only difference is that your hair was a lot blacker oh yeah because i started dyeing my hair like maybe oh, okay. three years and ago. then like you just had bangs for fun right did yes. you have bangs yes, right yes. Yeah, that was like the only difference you look exactly the same oh that's so that. nice of you steve but and apparently the lady <laughs> at that store does not think that whatever i mean i've i it might be a comment because i've heard that anti-aging and like wrinkle anti-wrinkle stuff you're supposed to use before yeah, yeah, yeah. right it's like yeah. supposed to be preventative it's yes. not a treatment i'm a huge right? skincare nerd and yes you, you should be using yeah. Is that this? Is, should I start using stuff like that? Oh, I don't even. I don't um, do anything. Yo, my hands look like they're old man hands. Have you noticed that? Like, I have like lizard skin hands, especially uh, in the no, winter. No, but like moisturizer will take care of that. We'll get you some good like yeah. lotion, hand cream. But you should but I don't wear. Know it's oily, can though. you wear SPF every day? You mean sunscreen? Yeah. Why? Like literally every day. UV rays, even if even if it's cloudy outside, like it gets filtered through. Do the you cold. use sunscreen every day? I use products with SPF in them every day, and so should you. On my face? Yep. We'll talk offline. Okay. But everyone should be wearing SPF every single day. Why? 
Did I just? I just oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just. I just. I just. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Mm, do you not listen when no, you're, like, I, you're not interested? I do. It's just. I don't. That just. I don't. Okay. No. All right. We're oh. gonna talk about it, okay, and I'm gonna we'll find you a product. Hold on, hold on. Okay. How was your oh. week, Steve? I'm just getting ready for Rogue One. I'm getting ready for Rogue One. This I've week, been, great. Yeah, I've been going back and forth uh, with my fiance, trying to. I because I'm. A huge proponent of watching it as early as possible. So, so what like, does that mean? Like Thursday night, midnight. Thursday night. Well, see. Eight p.m. Interesting. I was. It's great that you asked. I have a very specific strategy that's worked for me for years, which, which is I find the phone number for the for the movie theater. Uh huh. Not the not the dial-in where like you get an automated. Like I go to the theater. I ask them for a direct number. Right. <laughs> And so I will, um, the day of, because most of the movie times, like even now, today's, we're recording Wednesday, the movie comes out Friday, but some, a lot of theaters will have showings on Thursday evening. On Thursday, the day of, that's when they release, like that's when they know for sure how many theaters it will be playing in. Oh, yeah. Like inside okay. that movie yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah. And then so the, what you want to do is you don't want to go to the showing that's um, on the that's that's on the website that they've known about for weeks or days. So there's additional showings there if are there are additional, additional exactly. Theaters? And so you call them and I'm like, hey, this one. So you call you talk to an actual person. I talk to an actual person and I'm like, hey, how many tickets are sold out of a pot total? And they can tell you this. And they'll tell you on the spot. They're like, oh, we we've only sold like fifty out of like two hundred fifty seats. And, and I'm like, like, I'm gonna go to that. And one. I'm going to that one. And, and you are not buying tickets over the phone. I'm not buying tickets over the phone and. I will call again 45 minutes before the show. You you are kind because, of an insane mad Because I hate, I hate going to a theater that is packed. Yeah, oh, definitely. I hate it. And so it's it's definitely, um, like, arduous. Mm-hmm. It's like an arduous task. Um, but... Not if you're... It's into, worth it. Yeah. It's super worth it for me. That's why I did... I went, when I went to Force Awakens, half, I watched it the day before it came out. Half the theater was empty. Because they didn't know. Yeah, I walked past... The line of The people. line for a showing that was 30 minutes later. Oh, you're genius. Don't let anyone ever tell you you're not a genius. I'm telling you, you have to you have to go there for like a different show and then ask, go up to customer service and be like, hey, what's the direct number? Like, I don't want to talk to like the voice thing. I want to talk to like a person and they'll, they'll hook you up. That's so funny. But like, I feel like I don't really have to do that because I... Um, I don't ever feel really compelled to watch something. Uh, I mean, like, maybe like the Hunger like Games or, like, Harry Potter. Like, those are the days. Uh-huh. But, yeah, like, I'm not going to call a theater and be like, hey, so do you have extra screenings of The Edge of 17th? They're going to be like, the movie, you know there's is, three but, people who no, bought tickets. What you do is you, you go on the website to find the show, and you just ask them, hey, this one that I'm looking yeah, at. So yeah, so my favorite app is the Flickster app, and I check it, like, constantly. Where? It just tells you, like, all the movie theater um, oh, yeah, showings. Yeah, yeah. And I like refresh it like every even if I'm not watching anything that week. So for all you for all you people out there that are trying to maybe it's not Rogue One maybe it's another movie that uh, another blockbuster. Steve, I feel like you just kind of like gave away your big secret. You know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Do that. I mean, no, literally, no one listens. So it's only going to be one. Yeah, I'm teaching my mom how to (laughs) scam the system. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, today's. Episode is about new classics, and uh, Jen, you want to explain what we mean by new classics and kind of the criteria that we used? Yes. So Steve and I were talking about movies that you know, like, have been released two thousands and on, and by new classics, 
Well, I mean, we're not talking about like the Citizen Canes and like right. the Godfathers of. I mean, it could be though. It, it but could they be. very well could yeah. be, and you know, they just don't have the luxury of time. Yes, yes. Um, to have those distinctions. Um, so for some of the criteria that we put around our picks, you know, um, a they have to be somewhat critically acclaimed, right? We didn't pick anything that's like. Nobody has watched. Nobody's liked. I think. I don't know. Maybe not. I may. Have. Okay, we'll get. Know. We'll point it out when you get yeah, to that yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, B. We've watched multiple times, and or like we can feel that we can vouch for them standing oh, the yeah, test of time. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah! And then um, perhaps maybe most important, we feel you know they have some sort of cultural impact or endurance. So. Um, I don't know about you, but, like, my picks are kind of personal, right, for me. Like, they're movies that I like, and they're, hmm. none of the movies are not movies that I haven't watched. I haven't watched more than once, but, like, even so, I, I feel good about my picks. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when I was kind of doing my research and stuff, like, these movies, a lot of my movies have appeared on various lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think I'm in the minority. Whereas last week... Um, one of our listeners slash my friend um, was like, really, you picked Blue Crush as your favorite <laughs> sports movie? So I don't think I have a Blue Crush on here where it's like right, I'm right. the only person yeah, no, who think agreed. it's a great movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you want to start? I mean, and we also categorize these into yeah. different categories to kind of like um, help with the discussion flow. So um, <laughs> do you want to take it over? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we, we categorize them. I don't know if these are the exact same ones as the Golden Globes, but I'm just noticing now that it might, there might be similarities, right? Because don't they differentiate between drama and comedy? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So, so here are the the categories, and we didn't need equal amounts of like uh, films in each category. We just happened to stumble upon these categories. So we have uh, drama, uh, comedy, animation, international, and uh, my favorite action slash blockbuster action slash blockbuster I didn't write the slash blockbuster um, and we also are not ranking them in any way right so like, no, just no, because no, I no. talk about a movie first doesn't mean that exactly. it's like number one in my heart or whatever I think for me I did it chronologically oh you did okay yeah, yeah, yeah. cool um, okay so let's start off you know let's get the biggest one the meat of it out of the way yeah and then we, so then we can go straight to dessert uh, we're gonna do drama okay I have first. six on my you list six I have yeah. like ten I think half of mine were drama one two three four five six seven Okay, great. All right. Um, oh, and just uh, look behind the, the curtain. I think we we talked to, we revealed our picks to each other. There was only like two that overlapped, right? But yeah. we had ones that were like, oh, like that could I have, have been on my like, list. I have a version of your movie on my list, mm-hmm. but it's not the same exact movie. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that later. But um, why don't. I hope this is as fun for you guys yeah, as it I know, was for this me because this... we were just like, that's amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. We're geniuses. <laughs> So uh, my first one was uh, was Training Day. That came out in 2001. Antoine Fuqua, um, what is it? Uh, Ethan Hawke, Denzel Washington. Uh, that was the first movie on on my list that's, uh, that's drama. I just, I think it hits all the notes, right? It's like there's suspense. There is like, there's like a, it's like a, Buddy cop movie, but it's not funny. I mean, it's not funny you know, buddy cop um, movie. it's like for me, it's the it's like peak Denzel. 
Yeah. You know? Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Did you think that Denzel Washington deserved the Oscar? I mean, we talked about that, and you blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, he uh, he deserves uh, an Oscar a year for that performance. Great. (laughs) Wow. You created a special category. (laughs) The Denzel Washington Training Day Oscar. (laughs) Come on up here again. (laughs) You know, we've talked about, if you go back to, like, one of our first podcasts, like, we talk about Training Day, but for me, it's like, I know it had such a huge impact on me because the, he does this thing in the movie where he he like has two he has this like holster that like this gun holster that he wears and he's got two guns right so it's like one draped over each shoulder and when he's like really excited about something or he's in agreement with something like instead of saying like amen he'll just take the two butts of the gun and like hit him together like clack clack uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. And it's the mark I, of great acting. <laughs> yeah. It's the mark of great and acting. And so for me, whenever I have two of something in my hands. You'll clack clack? Yeah, but like I don't have guns, right? right. So it'll be like two stamina bottles and it'll be like click click. <laughs> like whenever I'm like, it's just whenever I have two of something, one in each hand, whether it's a water bottle or or stamina bottle or um, like cups yeah. or whatever, like I'll just find myself just going like click click, and this this has been like fifteen years now, and I'm still I'm still doing it. I love I love this movie. I think um, wow. it's a masterclass in filmmaking. I think it's not only is it peak Denzel, I think it's peak Anton Fuqua, and so so yeah, I think Training Days is my first one. Cool, sure. cool. Um, what's yours? What's your first one? Um, let's go with Boyhood. So, oh, God, so good. Okay, so that movie came out, what, like 2014? So... Some, yeah, recently. In yeah, the last few it was years. really recent. So I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> I mean, some of the movies on our list, you know, have been out for like a decade or more, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but I'm confident that this will stand the test of time, you know? When we first floated this idea of putting together a list of, like, new classics, like, this is immediately the first movie I thought of, um, even though it was only released two years ago, because just for the sheer, like, dedication and, I guess, genius of the fact that it took literally 10 years to film. Right, yeah. And it's just an idea that's, like, it's a real-time technique that's, like, rarely been attempted, mm-hmm. and it almost rivals, like, an actual documentary in how realistic yeah. it is. And as we see this young boy grow up, um, he's literally growing up before our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Uh, and it's such a special period in your life, right? Yeah. Like, you're changing <clears throat> physically, you're changing, like... It's like, 8 to 18, something like that? It's just such a crazy year, uh, crazy um, span. And um, I think one of the criticisms of the movie is that, like, nothing really happens in the movie. But I think that's, like, real life, right? Like, our lives aren't full of these, like, dramatic moments. Like, they're filled with little moments that, you know, we feel dramatic about. But, um, you know, I think... I'm still not over the fact that it didn't win anything yeah, at the Oscars yeah, that year, yeah. but whatever. Um, so yeah, that would be my um, my first pick. And also, uh, when we were doing this, I think you and I, when we were talking offline about it, some of the movies that we picked are from movie are from filmmakers who um, have like a body of work yeah, that like yeah, yeah. and like I thought of the other movies that Richard Linklater has made, and I mm. think. 
one is on your list, but this is the movie that I ultimately went with. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, let me skip ahead to that one. Yeah, I chose a Richard Linklater movie too. Mine was Before Sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think is my favorite one out of the trilogy. Out, out of the trilogy, um, and who knows? Maybe he'll make another one like twenty twenty six. You know, but uh, when they're like dying. <laughs> Yeah, Before Sunset, um, I think uh, <clears throat> for all the, the things that you mentioned about, like, boyhood, he does the same thing Before Sunset. Like, it's so realistic. Um, you know, it's about uh, Ethan Hawke's character and, oh, God, I forget her name. Julie De- Delpy? Yes, yes, that's right, Julie Delpy. Um, where in the first movie that came out in, like, the mid-'90s, they met, had a one-night not a one night stand, but it was like a fling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go on their separate ways. In 2004, they're reunited. He is now like an author. Like I think in that, at that point, they were like college students or whatever. Um, and they reminisce about their time together. And the conversations they have are so, not just a, with each other, about each other, but even about their previous relationships. Yeah. Super realistic. And I think uh, I read somewhere that, um, you know, it was starting with this movie where, uh, Delpy and Hawk are credited as like uh, either like I think with like writing credentials mm. because they brought a lot of like the reason it's so realistic is because they wrote their parts yeah. you know so like Ethan Hawke's um, monologue about like his failed marriage is like about Uma Thurman and stuff you know so um, so good so good and Linklater I don't know if he does this in all his movies because I haven't you haven't seen... What's the new one called again? Everybody Wants Some. Yeah. Did you watch that? Mm-mm. I I don't know if he has tracking shots in that, but he has this one tracking shot in Sunset that is, like, phenomenal. It's just them, like, bantering, and they're walking through this, like, garden, through town, and there's stuff going on around them, but the camera's, like, focused solely on them. I love... I think tracking shots are so... Uh, just to think about like what's going on like behind the scenes mm-hmm. and even in mm-hmm. the actors' heads, like it's crazy. I yeah, it's 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 it really leaves me like speechless sometimes, and that's when I'm just like, wow, this is really like art imitating mm-hmm. life, you know. Um, so yeah, that that was my next one. What about you? Cool. Um, I am gonna go with Eternal Sunshine for a Spotless Mind, which was released in two thousand four. I, I, I had a tough time with that one. Y- you mean tough time, like not putting it on your mm-hmm, list? Okay, mm-hmm. I put it on my list, so it's okay. Um, so I think this is Jim Carrey's peak dramatic performance. Mm, mm. Um, Oof! Oh man! No. You know what? Yes, but oh man! No, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. What? I, what other? What role? Truman Show. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're right. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. This one is better. But Truman Show, I don't know why. You know what? This one no, is his... so sad. I don't like being sad. Okay. Yeah. Half the movies on my list are so sad. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go on. We'll go on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the movie is not like a happy movie, right? It's like, yeah. it's heartbreaking. It's fascinating because it's about the deliberate erasing of a memory and of a memory of a person that you used to love. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, like the movie is so crazily shot, like it's it's so surreal and it looks like I don't know, a crazy like music video almost, right? Mm. Um especially the parts where like you see things being mm-hmm. erased. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. gosh, I'm getting goosebumps. Um <laughs> and it's I, I mean, even though those two characters aren't like the two characters are going through a breakup or like this is like kind of tragic, it's it's one of the most original, like 
love stories, I feel like, in yeah. film, like cinematic history. So um, it's visually stunning. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, my next one is, and, and this was one that I didn't, I didn't think should be on the list, but I, 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 for whatever reason, I couldn't take it off. It's uh, 28 Days Later by Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the zombie yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, And um, This is pre-Slumdog, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so I, uh, I hate horror movies. I hate, I hate being sad, and I hate being scared. Those okay. are the two things that I, that I really hate, especially when I'm going to watch a movie, because when I watch a movie, I'm trying to escape reality reality not yeah. like be reminded of like the things that i don't How like depressing like yeah. this yeah and so but i watched it and man this this movie blew my mind really yeah because it wasn't it wasn't like one of those like um what is it, like a like a b horror movie i thought it was like extremely well written extremely well directed there's social commentary there's a lot of social commentary in this way, and a lot of it, like I didn't even realize until like I looked it up after. Yeah. And then this was the first like horror movie that I had seen anyway, where, um, like at the by the end, like the protagonists and like their group, like the biggest danger to them are not the zombies, but like other humans, you know. And I feel like this movie specifically kind of spawned. Like I feel like there was like a zombie renaissance. Yeah. You know, you have The Walking Dead, you yeah. have, like, all these other... And there was... They, they, it even got to the point where there were, like, zombie comedies. Like, you remember the one where, like, the guys, like, actually... Shaun of the Dead? No. Shaun of the Dead is one, but there was another one that did, like, terrible. Oh, Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. I loved Warm Bodies. What? Yeah. Okay. The book is cute. Too. Oh, it's based on a book. Okay. You know, uh, you know, there's... I think the book World War Z came out before that, but then, mm. you know, the movie came out mm-hmm. after, and then there was I Am Legend. And, and this summer, there was Train to Pusan, which I really Oh, really that's liked. right, Train to Pusan. And so, but I feel like before that, zombies were kind of like a yeah. George yeah. Romero yeah. genre kind Did of thing. Did you know that yeah. I went to college with his daughter, George Romero's daughter? Really? Yeah, and she's like super talented. Like, she's like, she was like a dancer, and I'm sure she's doing creative things now, but. Like, ta- oh, wow. All right. uh, but zombies, yeah. Zombies, so yeah, that's, I, I had that one. On there. It's the only horror movie I have because I, I can only watch, yeah, like, zombie movies. As, and as long as they're, like, kind of action-y. Yeah. You know? And, you know, it's uh, that was my first introduction to Killian Murphy. Mm. So, very good. really weird-looking dude. He kind of Think scares so? me. Yeah. He's like, in little, general? Yeah, he's a little bit scary, you know? Like, I feel like... But, like, I feel like a lot of the roles he plays, like, there's, like... A little, like, yeah, off, a little right? bit. And yeah. just like, mm. Yeah, a little bit. Um, what about you? Sophia Coppola's Lost in Translation oh, from man. 2003. I don't love Scarlett Johansson, but she is spectacular in this movie. But she's I believe really she's spectacular in this movie because Bill Murray is oh, spectacular in this movie. Do you know what I mean? He's mad good in this. Um, so I think we talked about this movie and Sophia Coppola in our, like, auteur. I still don't know how to say it really. No, that was episode. perfect. Um, but this is, like, the movie that really put her and her directing style on the map. And... Um, you know, her shots are, like, super simple, and, like, the way she closes in on her actors, like, it really just kind of conveys, like, the emotional arcs that the characters are going through. But, um, you know, you feel the emotional connection between Scarlett Johansson's character and Bill Murray's character, and they're not, like, lovers or anything, right? So it's, like, kind of an unconventional love story because it's really about companionship between two people who are not really anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's that's as watchable and as compelling as like watching 
like a traditional like love story. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, the ending scene is endlessly debated, like when he whispers in her ear or something, mm-hmm. and like you don't know what he said. Um, and it made me really want to go to Tokyo. <laughs> I feel like it's just like it's a film. Like the t- Japanese like tourism board should have like paid her to do. Um, and so. it's, a, it's a great Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, he uh, is really. And he's he has not a very in, small yeah, role. He's but not in it a lot, but he's you, such an act. Like you love him yeah, because and, he's such an act. And you know what the problem is? It like it make. There was a little bit where I was like, man, Spike Jones must have been the worst after watching that. Because it was maybe it's based loosely, on, loosely based, based on, on him. Yeah, maybe not so loosely, but yeah. uh, my next one is. Um, Inglorious Bastards, right? And I think yes. you have a, a different version on your list. Like, you have your version of Inglorious Bastards on your list. And so, because it, it's a Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. film, right? Um, I didn't watch it, as I told you. Oh, I always forget. Like, yeah. you told me literally half Five an hour ago, ago. Yeah. and I forgot. You didn't watch this? Uh-uh. It's, uh, I have this theory that, uh, like, Brad Pitt is at his best when he his characters are like the weirdest and so my favorite Brad Pitt mm. performance is actually in True Romance where he's just like a pothead that is so long ago and he's only in it for like five minutes yeah you know um, huh and I think humorously it's like ten minutes but he's like two like five minute scenes uh, and so in this one I thought it was I thought this was one of his better performances because he's not just like a like a straight like protagonist um, yeah yeah I don't know. I mean, I don't have too much to say other than, like, this is... I wouldn't say peak Tarantino. I think that's, like, Pulp Fiction. But I think it's, like, quintessential Tarantino. Isn't Tarantino retiring after he makes, like, ten films or something He like said that? something like and that. he's, like, on his eighth one or whatever, so... It's close. Okay. It's close. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think... He's. I don't think he's one of the best directors, but I think he's definitely one of the most unique. Yeah, you know. He's a, um, I feel like he's like a creative genius. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would. I would. Way too much energy. Yeah, I would definitely go go that far yeah. or as far to say that. And yeah. so, Lord's Bastards for me uh, is definitely on this list. I, the way super I'll, violent. Oh man, there's some scenes where I'm just like, huh. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um and. So the way I also did this list was like so my fiance. It, she was born in 91, <laughs> right? And so the way I do it is like, because, you know, for me, I had trouble differentiating between like movies I thought were classics and movies that I just personally like. Yeah. And so I had to ask myself like, oh, if she, if I asked her like, hey, have you ever seen this movie? And she said no, I'd be like, oh, man, you got to watch this movie. You're not just for my sake, like for your sake, yeah. you know? And that's why like, I don't have too much to say, but Did I just- Did you apply this test to all the movies that you have on your list? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you asked her. I, no, I did not. Like, I hypothetically oh, okay, asked her, though, you know? And so this is this is on my list, okay. I think. Janelle, you have a lot of movie watching <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's it. What about yours? Uh, Memento 2000. Mm. It's Christopher Nolan, pre-Dark Knight. Yes, yes, yes. Way pre-Dark Knight. Um, Guy Pierce plays this man who has, like, no short-term memory, and he needs to, like, hunt down, like, his wife's killers, blah, blah, blah. He uses his own tattoos, like, to, like, help right, him remember right. how to do that. But the entire film is told backwards, and, like, oftentimes you're just like, wait, what's happening? Um, but it's, like, the most interesting way to use that type of device to yeah, tell the story, yeah, yeah. to move the plot forward, even though you're, like, telling it backwards. Um, and, like, I don't... I. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember seeing it maybe, like, a few years ago. And, like, even though 
if if it's from 2000, that's like 16 years ago. Um, Wow. It's still like when you still when you watch it today, it still kind of feels experimental. Oh, so, interesting! Like, I think that says a lot about like the how innovative it was time, right? and how ahead of its time it was. Um, so th- I think this is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I mean, obviously The Dark Knight, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is, and this is one of my personal favorites. And this, this is a movie that it does pass that test because I made. I made her watch this. Okay, what is it? Uh, the Social Network. Yeah, so that's on my list too. Yeah, that's, I think that's like one of two movies that are on yeah. both our yeah. lists. Um, right, so... Oh, sorry. Uh, so, David Fincher. Uh-huh. Um, Aaron Sorkin. Uh-huh. Uh, what? And Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. Oh. The soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack. Like the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, so friggin' good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and... I, I have my qualms about, like, Aaron Sorkin, which is that, like, when left to his own devices, um, he's kind of, like, a douchebag and out of touch with reality. Yeah. But when you take his dialogue and his scripts and you give it to a director who's able to filter it through their, like, prism, man, like, it's just it's it's just dynamite. And that's what Fincher is able to do. I mean, there's, there are certain scenes that still give me, like, the chills mm-hmm. when I think about it. There's the one where... Um, when Andrew Garfield like realizes he's been screwed out of stock, yeah, you know, there's the even like the scene in the beginning where they're like uh, setting up the website to begin with, yeah, you know, and they're like drawing yeah. algorithms yeah. Yeah. on the window. So good. Um, there's there's the scene where um, uh, what is it? What's Justin Timberlake is like talking to them like in the club mm-hmm. or like at the at the restaurant and it's just man it's it's so good it's like so on good. so many and uh, yeah I made her her watch it did she like it she did she yeah. I don't think she liked it as much as I did yeah. but and I think that's the problem when you like make someone watch something you love are you watching like, the <laughs> yeah whole time? exactly I'm not even watching the movie I'm yeah just you're watching just like it. Uh, you should um, be laughing at this part or uh, like why aren't you crying what I love is that like. Uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, Jesse Eisenberg goes, and it happens so subtly, and you don't even really notice it until it's too late, where he goes from protagonist to antagonist, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. it's not like, it's not overly dramatic, like, the way... uh, Don't you think that mirrors, like, real life, though, right? Yes. Like, no villain wakes up one morning and is like, I'm gonna be bad, right? Like, it happens in a gradual kind of way and like I feel like the movie perfectly kind of yeah. captures and you that what's shift. great yeah what's great is that like even at the end like he's not even a bad guy he's just the antagonist to a person we become sympathetic yeah. to yeah. you know there is there are no good guys and bad guys in this yeah. it's about facebook yeah. you know but it's about like two friends and their relationship mm-hmm. and what happens when like you mix when you have two geniuses who are geniuses in very different ways who become very successful and they become like the avatars for a zeitgeist Mm -hmm. and you know just that's what happens and it's man so good so good yeah all right what about you um moving on broke back mountain 2005 i have not watched it that's because you don't like depressing i don't like i don't like sad yeah so here my heart breaks when i think about broke back um because Broke it's Heart so, Mountain. Mm-hmm, Broke Heart Mountain. Let's rename yes. this movie. Um, 
So this is the movie that was supposed to win Best Picture, and then a little movie called Crash won, surprising literally everybody, even the filmmakers. Have you tried watching Crash again? Oh, no. I, no, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't need to watch that twice. Even when I was watching I didn't think it was good. I think I was thinking the same thing, and then when... I don't know. I don't know what people were thinking. But, um, uh, you know, like, this Ang Lee film is so... Oh, that's right. It was Ang Lee. Which is so crazy, right? Because, like, you'd think he's, like, so, like, I don't know, like, big action, whatever. Crouching Tiger King Dragon, Mm -hmm. right? And then he goes from that to this, and it's, like, this quiet film about, like, really, like, love, won, and lost. And it resonates still, I feel like. And also the fact that the movie is about, like, really, like, two cowboys, which is, you know, like... By standard, it's, like, the epitome of, like, masculinity, right? right? right, right and right. they're both, like, drawn to each other. Um, and so, like, homosexuality, which by standards is kind of, like, almost looked at as the opposite of, like, hyper-masculinity and, like, the juxtaposition of that, mm. um, I think is what really makes this, like, a pop cultural phenomenon and, you know, like, it really endures as a story about forbidden love. So, I mean, If it wasn't sad, I'd watch it. I still think you should watch it. And I don't Heath Ledger be is so but and that's the double layer too that like Heath oh, Ledger. He's like gone. this is Yeah, like he was he's so good in the movie. Um and like we're not gonna ever see that, you know? Yeah. Um let's see, my next one is the spectacular now. Love, love, love. <laughs> yeah, Miles Teller is Jalen Woodley. Um I think this he he's gonna come up on my list again. And uh, I remember I, this is another film that I made uh, Janelle watch. Mm-hmm. Like I sat her down, made her watch, it, and she she was into this one. You know, I it's I think there's something about Miles Teller where and like you put him in like a coming of age story, yeah. like this. And I I don't read, so the original ending was like a little depressing, and so they like added more story onto it. And he's just so charming, so charismatic. Did I never read the book then? The book ends where, like, and spoiler alert, like, I don't care, but uh, the book ends where, you know that scene in the bar after he, like, leaves her because, and mm-hmm. after she gets, like, it ends there. There's oh. nothing after, like, he doesn't finish the essay or oh, whatever. Oh, okay. Um, she's phenomenal in it, and they have awesome chemistry, which somehow didn't work out in the Divergent series or whatever, but... Um, yeah, I just it it's a movie everyone who like isn't that far removed from their adolescence should watch. Um it's one of the more realistic depictions of like that pe- like high school period. Yeah, you know what it is? It's like he's so charming mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm. cuz it's not and there's no like clichés, there's no like stereotypes. It, people aren't caricatures. Mm-hmm. Like he's not like the popular kid or the yeah. Um, what is it, like the jock or whatever. He's just like this this normal, I wouldn't say normal, like he's just this really cool kid who lives, like who have who has like unfortunate circumstances, who has daddy issues and they exhibit themselves and, but he finds a girl that he really cares about and this is also my, I think, I don't know about the first introduction, no, it definitely wasn't, but it was one of my favorite uh, Brie Larson performance, even though she's in it for such a tiny, tiny amount of time. I totally forgot that she was in it, but yes, she is, yeah. So, it could, I can't recommend this highly enough, and I think this is, like, our movie version of, like, um, 
like catching the rye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Um, I ran out of drama, so if you have more in this category, oh, okay. you mo- move on. Uh, you know what? I have four. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, gravity, which I don't, I won't talk about because we've talked about that. So plenty. good. Uh, Is it the best? Space movie. I can't. I can't believe I knew you were gonna say space movie. But I. <laughs> but there's like. There's, I, know, that, I know. But there's like this is a yeah. different kind. Like you can't compare this in like Star Wars. No, you know? I was actually thinking of the string of recent ones like Interstellar and uh, The Martian. Oh, and definitely even the best maybe one. a little bit of Arrival? The Arrival. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. This is the best one. I mean, not like. Fantastic. I mean, they're all fantasy. I, I get. No, they're not. But like, not like the Star I, yeah, Wars. Yeah, I kind, hear right? what you're okay. uh, Yeah, no, this is the best space movie, uh, definitely by far. Um, you know, Alfonso Cuarón. You have, uh, you know, Sandra, Sandra Bullock, Bullock. You know, it's awesome. a little past her peak. You know, because I think her peak was like Blindside. Yeah. And even like Proposal. Yeah. Right. Um, but she's still like bringing the heat. In this one. Yeah. And, you know, George Clooney is still... If I had it my way, she would have won her Oscar for Gravity and not The Blind Side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I agree. I agree. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I love I love this movie, and I think everyone needs to... I think that the stuff they're able to pull off in this Have movie, you watched it recently, not in a theater? Yeah. Is it... It's a, different. It's a different it's experience. It's super different. Okay. But, it, like, when I watch it, I'm able to, like... Remember how I felt when I watched it in theater. Got it. Uh, the next one is Miles Teller again. Whiplash. Whiplash, um, so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, same thing. I mean, he's he's so good when you give him a role like a broken person to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the commentary for me personally, like it, it, this movie resonates with me because, like, especially like as a dude, like you're always try- you're always trying to prove yourself to someone or something and when someone takes advantage Mm -hmm. of that it can have like disastrous results and so I think this is a movie that um that hits on on a few levels and the performance is just it's so physical like it's so visceral like like when he's playing the drums like I don't know if he is or isn't but at at a certain point it doesn't matter because I mean, I think he actually does play. Yeah, but um, yeah. but even if he didn't, for some scenes, like let's say there's like something he's doing where like the music isn't what he's playing. Yeah, it, it doesn't even matter because I can like feel it in my bones. Um, what else I can feel in my bones is J.K. Um, J.K. Simmons. Is, like when he's yelling at him and like spits oh, coming man. out of his like, I'm just like I'm so scared right now. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Yeah. Um, Next one is Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, Should we spend another ten minutes on it? No, it's just our Rocky. That's <laughs> you know, it's funny on Facebook. Someone was, someone uh, posted like the training montage from from Rocky Four, and uh, someone commented like, "Oh, this is my favorite Rocky." Yeah, and I was like, you know, is Creed considered a Rocky movie? Because if it is, I think it might be my favorite Rocky movie. And the person was like, "Yeah, I do too." You know, I just I think uh, it's it really is Rocky, and more than that, I think it's like the it, ah, man. I think Ryan Coogler is a better director than Sylvester Stallone, and I think Michael B. Jordan is a better actor than Sylvester Stallone. I don't disagree. And so this is probably my favorite okay. Rocky movie. All right, and you could argue it might be the best <laughs> Rocky movie. Okay, that's fine. 
I don't know. Maybe people, that might be a hot take. I don't know. Uh, and the last one is um, Sicario. Did you? Did yeah. you end up watching Sicario? Yeah, I told you that it was too intense for me, and I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I was in a weird mood. Like I just didn't love it. Like I, I also didn't watch it in the theater. If that is helps or not. Um, so I was distracted by other stuff that was going ah, on. Ah, okay. But I, mm, I wanted to like it so much for your sake. Thank you. Um, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Right, right, right. I think I think it's gonna be one of those movies where uh, you can go back and watch anytime. But Steve, like this movie is also very depressing. No. You know what? Yes, but like. In the way that it's depressing, it's pretty, like, awesome, too. Because, like, you know, when, like, Benicio Del Toro's like, yo, we live in a land of wolves. And, like, when he says that, mm-hmm. I say that randomly in, like, you my everyday life. a lot of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, like, I'll just, like... And it's always with people who have not watched the movie, have no idea nobody, what I'm saying. I'll be like, in, like, a meeting, yeah. and I'll be like, yo... Live in, we live in a land of wolves. And they're all and like, Steve. They don't, it's weird. like, they don't even, it doesn't even register. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of my favorite parts. But um, Emily Blunt, so good. Benicio Del Toro. Yep. Josh Brolin. Not to be confused with Josh Groban. Mm-hmm. They're so, <laughs> so good. And it's it's nice seeing, especially someone like Josh Brolin, who, like, has, like, five-minute cameos in, like, every Marvel movie have, like, the bandwidth yeah. to, like, make something yeah. like this. Yeah. And Dennis, um, I think it's Villeneuve? I don't know who that is. He's the guy that did this, and then he did Arrival. Oh, right? the director. The director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I think he's... He's, he, like, not from here. No, no, he's no. He's, no, like, no. A, like, a foreign uh, director. Yeah, he's, okay. he's mad good. And I think Sicario is one of the, those movies where, like, uh, people, you, you have to watch this movie. You know, even if you don't end up like really yeah, loving yeah, it, yeah. you just gotta watch this movie. Um, all right, let's move on to comedy now that we've okay. gotten that out of the way. All right. Um, how many do you have? Three. Three? Okay, perfect. I have two. You wanna go first? Yes. Bridesmaids, 2011. So good. Can women be funny? I think <laughs> the. Um, I what feel a silly like question. It's such a silly question, and I'm not really sure why that's a question, but I feel like this um, this movie sort of ushered in this like new era of like acknowledging that that's not really a question so like stop asking it it's not it's not a thing um this movie made stars out of Kristen Wiig it made stars out of a star out of Melissa McCarthy mm. um oh that's right mm-hmm. um, she was on a CBS show before that right Mike and Melissa Mike and Molly Mike and Molly whatever um cause that's her name Melissa oh, okay. yeah um and then it put Paul Feig on the map as the director of like the director for like female centric comedies. Mm-hmm. I also really love The Heat. Um, but this is so funny and it's so raunchy, but it also like kind of like has heart, you know? Oh, for sure. And um, it has that feel of like a romantic comedy, but it's really not a romantic comedy. It's at the end of the day, it's about like female friendships. Right. Um, right. And, but it's not, it's, I mean, when I say that, like I feel like that's like, that sounds like, or that could sound unappealing to, like, guys, but, like, it's not because it's just... It's just so freaking funny. Yeah. Um, whenever it's on TV, like, I'll always watch, and I'll always laugh out loud at some part or another. Yeah, I mean, Kristen Wiig is, is mad good. So good. Yeah. Um, my next one is uh, comedy also. I have two movies, but I, I don't know why. I know why. I remember now. 
uh, Anchorman and 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes. And they're very different movies, but Anchorman was produced by Judd Apatow, and 40-Year-Old Virgin was, his, I believe, his directorial debut. Uh, it came out in 2004, 2005. And the reason I have those two together is because I feel like those two movies helped spawn like a generation, an ongoing generation of... Judd Apatow produced movies. Well, not only that, but a certain type of comedy. Yeah. Where it's like, you say joke and you sit on it and you stay on it and you almost beat it like a dead horse. Mm -hmm. You know, and at first it was so refreshing Mm -hmm. because I wasn't used to that. And I can still quote both both of these movies uh, very heavily. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, that's... Anchorman and 40-year-old virgin. Uh, what about you? What do you have next? Elf, 2003. I watch Elf every Christmas. You know what's funny is that, that those are two Will Ferrell movies. Yeah. I think those are like his two best ones, I would say. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, I don't think... I don't remember what he's done recently, but like, I feel like... Anchorman, Anchorman and Elf... Oh, no, no, no. Let's <laughs> never talk about that. Um, Elf and Anchorman are kind of like his like... Yeah, those are Super temples. peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. He's so good as this man-child who just wants to be loved by his dad, you know? Yeah, you know what my favorite scene? You know the escalator one? Oh. I love that scene. Um, I love when he gets on the elevator and just presses all of the buttons. (laughs) And that look on that person's face. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, there's so many moments like that in the movie that's like, just really, really funny, and like I do really like, um, uh, like the naivete of his performance, right? Oh, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. but just introducing somebody who's never experienced anything to things, yeah. and like how silly it must look, mm-hmm. and this is like kind of exactly that, right? Like, it does it very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it? My next one is uh, Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Twelve. Uh, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller. Um, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, I think. The reason I have it on here is because, you know, you go as far back as, like, 90210, right? And you have 30-year-old people playing, like, high schoolers. Mm -hmm. And then um, you also have, like, that brand of humor that we talked about that's, like, Anchorman and and 40-year-old Virgin and, and stuff like that. And it reaches, like, critical mass where it's, like everyone is like sick of it mm-hmm. you know not sick of like that humor maybe but they're but then even like remakes you know people are sick of remakes people are sick of taking ideas from like the 70s and 80s and movies or tv shows from the 80s and just repackaging them in like modern times right and then they're sick of like old people playing young people and i feel like this was the perfect um like uh answer for that yes. you know where they address like dave franco says to Channing Tatum, who... Dave Franco is legit, like, a high school age in this movie, to Channing Tatum, who's probably, like, late 20s, early 30s, like, you look like a 40-year-old man. And to him, he probably does. Yeah. I mean, Dave Franco technically is still, like, 30, so, like, he's not, you know, whatever. Like, he's not, like, a high school kid. But, like, yeah, it's... it's He's a lot closer in age, It's so funny to, like, call that out. Yeah, you know? Um... Brie Larson's also in this movie. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. Yes, she is. We uh, love her. And so yeah, I, I think uh, this for me was the pendulum swinging the other way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, don't get me wrong, they still make terrible remakes and reboots and they mm-hmm. still cast... Fuller old, House. Fuller House, there you go. They <laughs> still cast old people to play young people. But, um, you know, for me, that's why this was so refreshing, you know? Um, so yeah. I really like your pick, yes. Thank you. 
Um, my last comedy pick, which is not like a straight comedy because it's not like last minute, um, is Little Miss Sunshine, mm. 2006. To me, this is one of the like the best movie going experiences I've ever had because like really. It was this, like, indie darling out of Sundance that was playing in only a few select theaters, and I made my friends in high school go watch it, or my high school friends go watch it. Oh, man, was this movie, when did this come out? Oh, oh it came out in 06, so, like, I wasn't in high school, but they were my high school friends. Gotcha. Um, it dra- like, we dragged, I dragged a bunch of people to see it, and I kind of was nervous about that because I was like, oh, shoot, like, what if this movie sucks and I just dragged, like, ten people here? And there are parts in the movie that's, like, crying, laughing. Mm. Um, And, like, when you watch it now, like, I'm not really sure that that's the case, but, like, in the theater surrounded by, like, a lot of people, it just, there are moments where it's just so funny and we couldn't, like, stop. Um, And the movie, to me, is also a study in character development. So, like, it tracks, like, the, um, like, this family of misfits who are forced to, like, come together um, to take the youngest girl, the youngest daughter, um, to be in a beauty pageant, which, right. like, in itself is just, like, hilarious. And mm-hmm. Abigail, um, Abigail Spencer, I think is her name, like, plays that girl. And yes. she's not, she's not beauty pageant, like, uh, like, material, in the sense that, like, she's not, like, dolled up. And, like, yeah, you yeah. see that very clearly in the, at the movie, when in the end of the movie when she's at the beauty pageant. Um, but, like, the movie becomes well-developed like the characters become like so so well developed throughout the movie um and i'm a huge fan of the screenwriter his name is is michael Arndt. yeah Yeah. so he like this is this was his first movie i thought it was just like such a well-written movie and then he went on to write toy story 3 hunger games catching fire um he contributed to inside out etc etc so yo i did not know okay so i love alan arkin in this Mm -hmm, movie mm -hmm. i did not realize the brother is paul dano do you love Paul Dano? Uh, I don't love Paul Dano, but I, I like Paul Dano. I was he was in, he was in that movie There Will Be Blood, right? Yeah. He, he plays like the twins. Yeah, or he whatever. plays yeah. a lot of like weird indie parts. Yeah. Um, um, he's really good in the movie. So yeah, he he is good. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I think that's it for comedy comedies. Okay. Right? Okay. What's so our next category? Animation. Cool. Animation. Uh, how many do you have? I only have one. two. Okay. Uh, you want to go first then? Sure. Wally, two thousand eight. <sighs> Man, see, I really wish I'd put that. on No, here. I mean, chime in then, and let's okay. pretend it's on your list. Right. Why? Um, why did you have it on your list? Because on the surface, it's about like the travels of a cute robot, but like at the at the heart of it, it's it makes such a strong case for like what it means to be like reckless human beings, right? Because mm. like this robot is existing in like the wasteland that has become Earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it's animation, so it's technically a kids' movie, but like, I mean, it's like it's jarring to think about that, and it's so much deeper than just that. It also tackles like you know, like it's a love story, but it also tackles issues of like climate change and like obesity, and it's just <laughs> it's so deep. Yeah. Um, what I like is I think I'd read somewhere that with Wally, they tried to go as long as they could before using dialogue. They wanted to tell a story. Do you know how long into the movie? It no goes idea. into okay, but I I'm, I'm but you sure definitely that. know that notice this when you're watching yeah it. yeah because yeah. it's a very long time yeah it's, yeah it's super long time before there, there's dialogue and um, you know I, I like that you know with with Wally specifically it's almost it's also kind of like all right it's like the opposite of Westworld right mm-hmm. have you started watching Westworld mm-hmm. by chance all right so Westworld is like oh are robots alive are robots human and it takes like ten hours to answer that question to like 
the for you the mean first ten step, episodes? Yeah, yeah, ten episodes, but ten hours worth of TV right. to like even approach an answer. Mm-hmm. Wally takes like ten minutes to be like, oh, like your consciousness is like the sum of like your experiences, and mm-hmm. like you, and it hits it again at the end of the film where he like reboots, and uh, he yeah, yeah, yeah. becomes like an automaton, and like. Eve remind like sparks him and reminds him or not reminds him but like re makes him remember all of his experiences and it's like oh like personality comes from like the sum of all your yeah. experiences yeah. and that is true for humans and like not only is it true for humans but it could be true for anything that has like artificial intelligence too it takes Wally five to fifteen minutes to do what Westworld takes a whole season <laughs> of TV to do so I love. Okay. <laughs> uh, my next one is uh, Finding Nemo. Yes. Um, did you you watch Finding Dory? Yeah, I did watch Finding okay, Dory. Did you love Finding Dory? I loved Finding I Dory. I loved, I did not think I was going to, but. Me neither. Okay. I, I liked Finding Dory more than I liked. I think Finding Nemo is a better movie, but what Finding Dory has to say resonated with me more. Yeah, and but, I was very surprised by that because Dory is like my least favorite character in Finding Nemo. Right? But I already told you this, right? Because like, oh, yeah, she's yeah, so yeah. annoying and I was yeah. nervous about basing a whole two-hour movie on like a character that really exists on like a one, like one note premise, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, No, agreed. I, and, you know, I've told the story where like that guy mm-hmm, who I mm-hmm. worked with was a director or uh, an aspiring director and he took himself very seriously and he said the greatest movie of all time was I think it was like Godfather Part 2 and the second greatest movie of all time was Finding Nemo and you were like please tell me more and then the third was like Citizen Kane <laughs> you know and so I was like wow and so I maybe I'm a little biased towards yeah. Finding Nemo and my appreciation for it but yeah I think uh, I think Wally and Finding Nemo are probably two of the best Pixar movies I think I th- I don't think Wally is a commercial as much of a commercial success, and I don't think it resonates with people as much on like a personal level. But I think Wally as like w- it, like twenty years later, like looking it back, definitely yeah, I well, think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your last animation? The Incredibles, oh, which is kind of surprising that I I would have thought that you would have. That's actually thought. my favorite. I yeah? yeah. Okay. Like that's the one that like I enjoy watching the most. Okay. Um I watched it recently and I was like, this movie's so good. So no, 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 I mean I've I had watched it when right, it first I know, came out. I, but, I, I um so it's just a really good story about family, right? A family of like retired superheroes and some who are just kind of coming to understand their power. Um it's really like action packed and so exciting. Like parts of it, mm. it's like it's watching an action film, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like such a compelling story about like this family made up of like different people who learn to overcome their flaws and then who learn to like work with each other and like use their talents for like I don't know like meaningful purpose or whatever. Um, there's a sequel coming out, right? Yes, there is. Like I'm very it only took for like thirteen years. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I also like that. The way Mr. Incredible and Last Girl interact, mm-hmm. it's like way, it's like that's like the way like parents mm-hmm. interact, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought it was, even though it's like an animated film, it was like one of the most realistic yeah. depictions of like a family. family. Yeah, I'd, it's I'd amazing. Um, let's go on to our next category. Yeah. Um, we incorrectly called it international films. <laughs> I was like, that we, sounds weird. But then Jen corrected us, and we meant foreign films. Foreign films. Yes. Do you have a lot? I only have one. How many do you have? I have two. Two? All right. Yeah. You, you want to go first? Amelie, 2001. It's I've, a French film. I've heard it's a very happy movie, right? It's it's super happy. 
Like it's Are there sad parts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she Damn. the character of Amelie, um, like she's like this like really shy girl waitress who decides that she wants to change the lives of those around her for the better, but she herself struggles with like loneliness and like isolation. Uh. And she like so like while she herself isn't like isn't there in terms of happiness, like she wants to do it for other people. Mm-hmm. So um like it's super whimsical, like she has an overactive imagination, so then, like, all of those things come to life by, like, um, they use, like, computer-generated imagery to convey all of this. Um, like, I guess I could just only describe it as, like, magical realism, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's such, a, she's such a great character, too, and, like, um, there's a happy ending. Like, it's just, like, all of it, like, when you're ever feeling, like, depressed, like, watch it. It's so cute. Yeah. It's so good. All yeah. right. I'll have to give it a try. I mean, uh, you, you're going to have to read subtitles and stuff. But. I'm totally down okay. with reading subtitles. Okay. Some I, people are just not. I think that's like, silly. Fine, whatever. I think that's silly. Uh, my foreign film is actually, it could have been uh, Action Blockbuster, but I put it in foreign because I needed, I didn't need a foreign film, but I wanted to have one. Uh, it is called The Raid. Um, came out in 2012. It is an Indonesian martial arts film, and it is... 90 minutes of like no plot and of fighting of fighting but i i wish everyone saw what you did to be like fighting and you just like made a bunch of nonsensical like (laughs) movements you were just doing the robot really (laughs) fast um and it's just there's not much to say other than the action scenes are so insanely good I, i remember when i the first time i watched this you know when you watch something you're just like oh right i said that like, maybe every five minutes. Just, like, over and over and over again. You didn't watch it in theaters, did you? No. Because I would have been like, you You know what? It. I know two pe- I have two friends that watched it in theaters. And were and they... They, they were, like, like, they were like stimulus overload. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I wish I had watched it in theaters. I, this is one of did my favorite movies. Did this do well here? Uh, it did all right. I mean, it, it, they made a sequel. Okay. Yeah. But um, this movie, man, so freaking good. But it's good not because of the plot? No, there isn't really a plot. So then what? Like, you're just visually watching it's martial the, arts it's the, the, sequences? It's weird because, like, the... the No, there's plot. There's no story, uh-huh. right? Um, there are things that happen, and it progresses characters, like, forward, um, and events happen, but there's no story. There's no character development. It's just, like, plot, action, plot, action, plot, action. And even the plot is moved forward by the action. Got it. Um... And so if you like, even if you don't, if you just like good directors and you like being stimulated visually, mm-hmm. you know, especially via action sequences, The Raid by far. Because, yeah, it's just, you have to watch it, okay. I think. Uh, and then what's your last foreign? Old Boy, 2003. Oh, God, this, that one was really good. That's it's a really so good tough, though, because I think people get really turned off by... The ending? All of it. Yeah, <laughs> the ending. Um, this movie will always remain on my best of list because I think it's just so masterful, um, even if it's not something that you can, like, watch over and over again because it's, like, a hard... And it's a hard movie to watch over and over again, right? It's, like, super violent and super, like... Um, depressing but um it's you know like I think a lot of the movies on my list for some reason like uh have characters who are obsessed with revenge or seeking Mm. vengeance and this is kind of one of this is definitely one of them um the the ending is bananas 
ending is insane. It's kind of insane, but it's just so good. And, like, as dark as this movie is, it is also kind of sort of laced with, like, dark humor throughout. So, like, I just think it's such a great movie. And then, um, speaking of tracking shots, there's a tracking shot of him. The hallway? The hallway scene where he, like, takes down a bunch of people with just one hammer. And it's just one long shot. Like, I think that's. Like, that's, like, class I A. I forgot that that's a tracking shot. I totally it's forgot. It's just, it's one take, There's yeah. no edits? Mm-mm. Dang. I'm, a th- or I'm not edits, but no cuts. I'm yeah. have to rewatch that. I feel like this is one of the movies that kind of put, like, Korean films on the radar for a lot of oh, people. Oh, for sure. So, um, don't watch the weird remake that they did with, With like, Josh Brolin. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, seek out the original. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, let's move on to our next category, action slash blockbuster. Yes. Right? Um, how many do you have? I Just have, two. Dang, I have six. All right, I'll go Holy first. moly. How is this list as long I, as your I, I drama? I, I, I have no, because I have ten in drama. Oh, God. I, <laughs> Steve had a lot more movies I know. I just, This is really hard. Okay. Uh, the first one I cheated. 1999. I went a year backwards because I thought it, that's how influential this movie was, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen The Matrix, you need to wait until we're done with this podcast. And then you need to go watch The Matrix. I man, it the Wachowski brothers. I know, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Siblings, um, man, it's just I feel like this. It, it like even like some of the language that we use has been influenced by The Matrix. Explain. Like people will still be like when you talk about holograms or like uh, living in like simulated reality. They don't say. Oh, yeah, simulated reality. They say the Matrix. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. Like when Elon Musk is talking about, like, oh, yeah, I think we live in a simulated reality. People don't explain that by saying Elon Musk thinks we live in a simulated reality. People say Elon Musk thinks we lives we live in the Matrix. Yeah, I mean, it's know? definitely, definitely have had ha- has had such cultural impact mm-hmm. and significance. Yeah. Do you like the second and third ones? I like, I, I consider the Matrix to be the first movie and the architect scene in the second one. Okay. And that's that's what The Matrix is. Okay. The other stuff, I don't count okay. as The Matrix. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about you? Kill Bill, <sighs> which See, I think was also maybe on your list. I should have kept that one. Okay. <laughs> Again, feel free to jump in. It, this is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, and I also like Kill Bill 2 too, as much as the first one. But the second one is very much dialogue um, heavy. And the first one is definitely like the plot. The plot is driven by, like, action, right? So it's a martial arts film, martial martial arts action film. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly borrows influences from other martial art films, um, even, like, spaghetti westerns. Like, there's, like, influences of other um, genres, like, mixed into this. Um, it's, it's, it's another vengeance movie, so, like, Uma Thurman's character is seeking vengeance for... Um, um, like, on a team of assassins after they try to kill her and her own born child, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's super violent, super bloody, but... Super good. It's super good. The fight sequences are so sick. Um, yeah. Agreed. And the soundtrack's really good. Oh, that's true. That's true. What's your next one? Uh, okay, so my next one is... Oh, uh, The Dark Knight, 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that was the first time, like, comic book movie... Fans were like, wow. Like, not only can we make, like, good, like, a comic book movie that is, like, good for a comic book movie, but, like, you can use a comic book movie to make, like, just a, a damn good movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, 
Chris Nolan, you know, Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, um, Michael Caine. Uh, so, the performances are so good. Um, Heath Ledger creeps me out. I remember when I went to go watch this movie, I went to the bathroom right before my showing, mm-hmm. and a guy was, like, in the bathroom with me, and he was like, yo, are you going to go watch Dark Knight? It was a total stranger. I was like, yeah. And he was like, because I guess everyone in the theater that night was, like, watching Dark Knight, and he was like, yo, I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. Because of he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Grown man. Grown man, and he can, and I, I, I won't spend too much time on it because I'm assuming most people have watched it. But if you haven't, like you, you just have to. I mean, he won a bunch of awards yeah. post his death. And this, this is the one I felt like. This is when like comic book movies were like, oh, we're grown up now. Mm-hmm. Like we, like now we, it's like, um, weird to be taken seriously mm-hmm. now. And that's I don't know. That's what it is for me. Uh, what about you? I think this movie is also on your list, so... Nice. Let's... Oh, I know which one it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, I debated about putting this on. I don't know if really? you did. Yeah, so it's Mad Max Fast Fury Road? Fast Fury Road. Fury Road. Fast. <laughs> Fury Road. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Um, it was released last year. Yeah. I love this movie. It was so, so intense, good. but, like... Um, so, but the reason why I thought, like, maybe, like, I don't know if it's going to stand the test of time, but I actually I, think it, it will. It I think it will. will. Um, the way it's edited, the way it uses stunt work, um, the way it uses digital effects, like, it's such a bold film that will, I think will remain a bold film for a really long time. Oh, um, and, you know, like, it's so interesting because, like, Mad Max is, like, a franchise, right? And, like, it's really about the character mm-hmm. Max, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, yes, Tom Hardy is Mad Max and he's in the movie, right. but when you think of this movie, you think of Furiosa yeah. and you think of Charlize Theron's like performance and um, you know this like theme of like dismantling like the patriarchy? Like, yeah, yeah. By, with, like as the woman, like um, I think it's like something that's going to remain compelling for a really, really long time. I mean, for me, it's just, I've never seen anything like it, mm-hmm. and I don't think I ever will. And for that reason and that reason alone, like there you it, go. Is, it needs to be seen by everyone. Yes. Um, my next one is, <clears throat> I had a tough time, I didn't know what to say about this movie, right? So it's, speaking of like Fast Fury, it's Fast Five, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And the reason I have it on here is I feel like Fast Five was the, like, you could make the argument that, like, the Fast and Furious franchise is, like, right now, the most successful, like, ongoing franchise. What and number it, are we on? Eight, eight? Nine? We're on eight. And, like, you know, even, like, Harry Potter ended at eight, you know? I mean, because the books ended, yeah. Yeah, because the books ended. Like, this is, like, going to go on forever. Is it really, though? Because I No, I think they're like doing the- eight, nine, ten. Okay, because the last one, I feel like, was really about honoring Paul Walker's legacy, right? Yeah. Is there life beyond that? I We'll find out. Okay. You know, we'll find out. The trailer actually came out, like, a you day or two. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. But, um, so we have Fast Five. And this is the first one where, like, one and two were, like, a very specific kind of movie. Three was the most normal movie out mm-hmm. of all of them. Mm-hmm. Four was, like, them trying to... Do something a little different, and but this is the one where it goes from like cars 
to like action that happen to have cars, mm. you know? Um, and this is the first one with The Rock. And I feel like he brings a totally different element to this movie franchise. And then is he in all of the subsequent? He's in all of them afterwards, yeah. Oh, I did. You know what? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Detective Hobbs, yo. He, uh, and so Fast Five, I think, I don't think it's the best one. I think the last one, Seven, was the best one. But this is the classic that you just, you kind of just have to watch. And then can you just, can you watch Five yeah. if you've never watched you, One through You four. don't have to watch. I mean, I've watched most of them, but. Yeah, you just have to watch Five and on. That's okay. it. Cool. That's why I haven't. On my list. Um, what are I, your... I'm done, so oh, what are done? your rest? Okay, you know what? You, I'll go with the one that I know you have just as much to say about as I do. Uh, Hunger Games, specifically Catching Fire, 2013. Written by Michael Arndt, who wrote Little Miss Sunshine. Um, I think, th- for me, this did for, like, uh, YA novel movies, mm-hmm. like, adapted movies, mm-hmm. for, like, what Dark Knight did for, like, comic book adapted okay. movies, you yeah. know? Um, you mean it raised the standard and bar? Absolutely. Okay. I think Catching Fire, it was... Did you like the first one? No. No, I hated the first one. Huh. Hunger Games, right? Yeah. Just Hunger Games. Yeah. I hated the first one. Do you hate it the movie or you hated the story, the idea of... I thought the idea was all right, Okay. you know? Oh, but gosh, Steve, the what? book is so good. That's what I've been told, yeah. right? So that's what I've been told. The, the second book is my least favorite of but the... It's, Three, uh-huh. but it's my favorite movie, movie right? and I don't know why. I can't equate. I can't reconcile that. You know what? I just feel like it's the Empire Strikes Back effect, where like the middle one, you don't have to worry about setting up anything. You don't worry. After, you don't have to worry about sticking the landing. You know, you just have you've pre-existing yeah. like notions and characters and story, and you just keep going, and then you don't have to stick the landing. You yeah. just have to keep. You have to stick the suspense. The you are so right about stuff like that. You are so right about that because, um, like, the first one, there's a lot of expositioning going on, right? Like, yes. explaining, like, yes. who these characters are setting it up. And so, oftentimes, I find that, like, the second movie of anything is my favorite. Yeah. So, like, the second Hunger Games movie, Before Sunset is mm-hmm. the second. Um, the Lord of the Ring movies. Two Towers. Yes, I think that one's the better one. Or the best. Yeah. Um... But I didn't think about it until you were saying what you just said. Like you don't have to waste the yeah. first 30 minutes. You can like, just get right into it. And you don't have to set up, like, people's expectations for characters, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, like, it's so all just pretty smart, Steve. Uh, I probably plagiarized that from someone. <laughs> um, and then my last one is Guardians of the Galaxy mm. 2014. And the reason I have that there's, um, I feel like, you know, there's a reason I had The Dark Knight but not Batman Begins. And it's like, I'm so... I don't want to say sick, but it's like, you know, so I watched Doctor Strange the other week, and it's like all origin movies are like the same. I'm so sick of origin movies, you know? And Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one that I watched where I was like, man, like, it it didn't hit the same notes. It didn't, uh, I mean, it did to a certain extent, but they go out of their way to not hit the same mm-hmm. notes and I feel like it was so markedly different than all the other origin stories movies that I had watched that it just gets like specific mention for me and it's got a great um what is it like Dave Batista, who is like a professional wrestler like a WWE pro wrestler has like an awesome uh has a bunch of awesome moments in this movie he's he's Drax the Destroyer he's the one that like can't doesn't Take, what is it? Uh, everything goes over his head. Like, yeah, he takes yeah. everything, like, yeah. literally instead of figuratively. Um, 
And so I think that's if you're gonna watch any Marvel movie, um, not in terms of like story, but in terms of just like the best movie for me, I think is it's Guardians of the Galaxy by far. Are you looking forward to the sequel? Uh, I am, I am, but I don't know how you top that this one. Could you might be able to? I mean, not in terms of like being a better movie, but just like how refreshing this one was in comparison to like all the other ones that were like exactly the same. Mm. You know? Yeah. And so that's it, right? Uh, I have one more. It's a musical. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that category. It's I'm my sorry. Favorite it's music- I don't movie. have any. Uh, yes. Uh, how many musicals do you have? Just, Just one. one. Okay, musical. Moulin Rouge, Moulin Rouge. 2001. I love Boz Lerman productions. Ah. So um, I haven't watched Get Down on Netflix yet, but he had, like, for. Uh, he has a trilogy of movies that I hold really dear to my heart. So it's a small musical called Strictly Ballroom. Mm. Then it's um, Romeo and Juliet, which features Leonardo DiCaprio yes, at yes, his yes. peak. Sorry, he was like 19. Um, and then Moulin Rouge. Um, I remember being so like impacted by it in, like, the, in watching it in the theater because like at that time, I think I was in high school. Yeah, I was... Yeah, oh, we were in high school. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Was I? I don't know. I'm so old, Steve. Um, we are the same. Age no, we're really not. Um, Whatever. Okay, so in the beginning, it's a little disorienting because it's like really loud and really yes, colorful, yes, yes. and you don't know what the hell's going on. But like as it develops and like as it becomes less about that and more about like these two lovers who like yearn for each other and like want to be together, like it just it becomes so moving. Um, it's such a good vehicle for Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman, who mm. both of who like are like fantastic actors, but like I didn't know that they could sing I had and no they idea. like they can sing. Um, and their duet, Come What May, is still one of my favorite like musical numbers of all time. Um, the set pieces are flashy and huge, and so are the costumes. And Nicole Kidman looks just so pretty and I think this is the year where I was like really upset that she didn't win the Oscar because mm. Halle Berry won and like that goes back to like the whole Halle Berry Denzel Washington like yeah. race thing that we don't <laughs> need to talk about um but yeah Moulin Rouge is one of my favorite movies of all time excellent excellent all right we uh, did it that's it we 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 made it we, we again got through please the whole list. don't yell at us if your favorite movies or movies that you think should have been on this list is not on this list because you probably just have bad taste or we just have different opinions <laughs> Let's not alienate our listener. I'm kidding, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So normally we uh, take a break for our obsessions of the week, but we went a little long. We're at uh, an hour, almost 15 minutes. Yeah, because we essentially talked about like 30 movies. So we'll we'll save our obsessions for next week because I'm pretty sure it'll be the same ones next (laughs) week. Um, So, yeah, uh, I think... The only thing we want to plug right now is uh, we have uh, some details for the Facebook Live uh, event that we're going to do. It'll be December 29th, Thursday. It'll be at 7 p.m. It is uh, both the 25th episode and the one-year anniversary for this podcast. I can't believe we've been doing this for a year. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, And also remember to review, rate, uh, subscribe on iTunes. Um, we'll throw up the links and we'll probably make another promo video, hopefully for the Facebook Live event, because the first one we made was so wildly so popular. So well received. Yes. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. So uh, until next time, we'll see you guys. Jen, you want to say bye? Bye guys. Thanks for listening.